0: Hebrews chapter 7, beginning in verse 22, John already read this, I'm going to read a uh, couple of verses, and then we're going to pray. Beginning in verse 22, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament, and they truly were many priests. Because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Father, Help us this morning in these next few minutes to be able to realize, to see together, to understand that Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. Lord, I pray that you would uh, use your word and that you yourself would (coughs) use your own Holy Spirit to work in hearts and minds, Lord, Lord, far beyond the reach of my words, far beyond the, my ability to persuade or to convince. Father, it is far better that we receive from you than from any man, from any man. So Lord, would you would you use this time, Lord, we, it is our desire, it is our desire in every Sunday school class, in every Wednesday night meeting, Lord, in every session, in every service, uh, from the brig to the jail, the union mission, the nursing homes, it is our desire to be useful vessels But it is necessary that what people receive is your word. It is necessary that they realize that it is not from men, but from you. Father, please accomplish this in ways that we cannot. In Jesus' holy and precious name, and for his honor and glory we pray. Amen. Amen. So much, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Uh, more than more than a couple of people have made reference, commented on the uh, the the um, uh, blog post that's in the bulletin today. Propitiation. It is so significant that you understand that God's great desire was to remove the barrier between you and Him. The barrier is a barrier that you put up, that I put up, we put this up with our own sin. We isolated ourselves from God. Here's what sin has done. Here's what your choices have done. Here's what your selfishness has done. It has caused God not to be able to approach you unless he's going to approach you in righteous judgment. Because of our sin, God cannot walk toward us unless he's going to judge us. But see, it isn't God's desire to be appeased so that he can leave us alone. That's not his desire. It is God's desire that the sin be removed so he can do what he wants, and that is have fellowship with you. See, God desires to walk towards you. He doesn't want to have to walk towards you in judgment. And because the Lord Jesus Christ so much made a surety of a better testament, by the shedding of his blood, your guilt is removed. Your sins are dealt with, and now God is free to walk towards you in love, which is his desire. You haven't earned this. I haven't earned this. Christ earned this for you. You must trust him. You must believe Him. You must receive this payment. You must acknowledge your need for this payment. But it is Christ's desire to accomplish this on our behalf so that God can walk toward us day after day after day after day day and say, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Amen? Yes? That's what Calvary said. Amen? I love you. Written in red. So much. What a, better, what a better testament. How would you like to live for, for, for eternity under obey and be blessed or disobey and be cursed? I would have had no chance. Verse 23 says, and they were truly many priests. And we're not even talking about many priests. We're talking about many high priests. Aaron, the first high priest, did not continue as the high priest. Why not? Because he died. Why did he die? Because of sin. Because of sin, he died. And his son had to take over. And because of sin, he died. And his son had to take over. And on it went. One high priest after another, year after year, by the way, the memory, the remembering of sin over and over, on and on, sin, 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 sin. God ever dealing with it, but it always being a picture of God's desire to completely deal with it. But this man, you know, you can just hear it, if you, if you listen to the Word of God as you read it, you can just hear the joy in God's voice as He says, but this man, but this man, because he continueth forever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Amen? Amen? Unchangeable. The same yesterday, today, and forever. As long as Jesus is the high priest, I am fine. Amen? As long as Jesus is the high priest, my way is secure. Amen? Your way is secure. As long, as long as you trust in Christ. As long as he is indeed your Savior. As long as he is indeed your offering. As long as he is your priest. As long as that's true, as long as you don't have religion, but you have truly have Christ, you're fine. And you ever will be. Your life may not be everything God would have it to be, although it is meant to be. I'm not making an excuse for sin. I'm not making an occasion for it to be in your life. But what I'm saying is this when you fail, and you will fail, when you fail, He ever liveth to make intercession for you. So you don't have to live there. And listen, you don't have to bring God roses. Do you understand? Do you understand? You don't have to bring God flowers to come back. In fact, if you bring God flowers, you make a, 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 a mockery of the blood of Christ. When you fail, don't bring flowers. When you fail, don't bring your good works. When you fail, acknowledge it and come by the blood of Christ. And the blo- if, if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, through the blood of his Son. Amen? Amen. Wherefore, verse 25, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. I want you to notice this morning the title of our message is Able to Save to the Uttermost. Able to Save to the Uttermost. If you'll turn back in your Bible a couple of pages to Hebrews chapter two, verse eighteen. Hebrews chapter two, verse eighteen. For for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. And that word there that's translated sucker here is translated almost every other time, help. The purpose of the translation here as sucker is to, have you, to give you an idea of the depth or the ability, the idea of the embracing help of God. But what I want you to recognize is this, he is able to help, amen? He, listen, hear me, no matter what it is, no matter what the temptation is, no matter what the difficulty you're going through right now, whatever the immediate attack is, he is able to help. He, listen, he knows and he's able to help. Now turn to chapter 4, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He is not only able to help, he is able to sympathize. This is a remarkable thing to me. You have no idea how how many times somebody has said to me, "Um, Pastor, you don't know how I feel. You don't know what I'm going through. Now, the truth of the matter is, there aren't many things that we don't share, honestly. The specific details of what you're going through, I may have never gone through, but almost all of us go through the same things almost all the time. But not only can I say, well, maybe not, but I can also say, but Jesus does. He wasn't... Now, I want you to take out your little pen or pencil... And I want you to circle in verse 15, in all points tempted, in all points tempted, in all points tempted. In every way that you have ever been tempted, in every trial that you have ever been through, Jesus has been through it. So he knows it, he knows it. But boy, I tell you what, isn't it important for us that the last three words are there? yet without sin. Amen? Amen? He's been tempted in every temptation that you've ever had, but he never failed one of them. But he knows what it feels like. He, under, he understands the temptation. He understands the difficulty. There, one, of the, one, of the, uh, one of the stupidest questions, they say there's no such thing as a stupid question, but there is. And there are even stupid questions in the Bible. One of the stupidest questions in the Bible is when the disciples come to Jesus when he's asleep in the boat and they say, Dost thou not care that we perish? Do you not care that we perish? There's never been a dumber question than that. There never has. Listen to this for God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Not perish. Lord, don't you care that we perish? I care so much that you perish. I came to save you from your sins. Amen? And here's the wonderful truth. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Amen? Jesus cares so much that you don't perish that he came to make sure that you don't perish. Amen? He came to pay for your sins, to take away the separation so that you would never have to perish. You would never have to suffer death. He knows, he understands, and he cares. Jesus is able to help, and Jesus is able to sympathize with everything that you're going through. And that's wonderful, but God progresses from that point. Because by the time we get to verse 7, chapter 7, Verse 22, he is not able to help, he is not only able to sympathize, but he is able to save to the uttermost. Amen? Amen. Listen to me, listen, listen. It is wonderful, it is wonderful that we have a God who is able to help. It is wonderful that we have a God that is able to care and to sympathize with us. But what if he wasn't able to save us? What if all he could do was wring his hands and say, oh, this is not what I want for you. This, This is not, oh, we have not such an impotent God, my friend. We have the omnipotent God, the almighty God who not only can help, who not only cares, but can save you. And not only save you, but save you to the uttermost. There's a phrase that I've heard more than once in my Christian life. And it says, God is able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. And that's a clever, well, it's a reasonably clever use of the English language. I'm not much for pun. I, heard a lot, I learned a long time ago that uh, pun requires a limited vocabulary and just about as limited a wit. So it's not the greatest form of amusement. But God is able to save to the uttermost. Now, curiously, the word, if you put your finger down on your Bible and you touch that word uttermost in the English language there, behind the word uttermost there is a Greek word. And you may not care about this, but you will in just a moment. Because that Greek word only occurs twice. In your Bible, the Greek word behind uttermost only occurs twice, okay? And for those of you that care, we're going to look at the other, and you will care by the time we're done. We're going to look at the other occurrence of it because it is going to indeed show you just how able Jesus Christ is to save, just how powerful this is. Let me define the word first. It's actually just a compound word. The Greeks have a wonderful ability to take one word and another word and put them together and make a new word that is a compound word. And we do the same thing in the English language. But this word is two simple words. The first word is pos. Pos. Pos is the word that is translated, and those of you that know Greek, it's all. It's, listen, please hear me, write this down. Each, every, all. Each, every, all. That's the idea behind pos. It's each and every and all. So it's not all just as a group but it's every single one in the group. Each, every, all. That's what pos means, okay? The other word is telos, ironically, isn't it? Which means the goal or the end. Jesus is able to save us from each, every, all to the end. In other words, there is nothing that he can't save you from. And there is nothing left undone in his salvation. That's what this compound word is saying for us. Each, every, all to the end. It's wonderful. It is like saying to the nth degree of everything at the same time. That's the idea. Now let's go look at the other the other time that we find this because that will help you uh, just a little bit to be able to see what's going on here. Keep your ribbon here, because we'll come back to close the sermon. But go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. When you get there, I want you to go to verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10 of Luke 13. And he was in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman... Which had a spirit of infirmity, and I want you to underline this, 18 years. 18 years, and it says, and was bowed together. Now again, again, I, 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 it's not my purpose to think, to, to, I am not in any way trying to pretend that you need to know Greek in order to walk with God. I'm not even saying that you need no Greek to walk close with God. But I am saying this. The Greek language is a really exact language. And God chose to write the English New Testament, I mean the New Testament, in Greek first and translate it into our language, which we need it to be in because that's what we speak. Amen? And the King James Bible is a accurate, perfectly accurate translation of the actual Greek text. And that's really, really important to understand. But I want you to understand, when you see this phrase, when it says that she was um, bowed together, this is what it means. It literally means she was doubled over. She was doubled over. So I want you to picture this. Now, we've all seen a woman or a man, some, but often it's a woman who stooped. Yes? And there is, by the way, there is a, there's a word, a, 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 an actual medical term which has a Greek or Latin base for the word stooped. But this is not, she was not stooped. She did not walk like a little, we we often will say the little old lady. She didn't walk like a little old lady. For 18 years, she had been, it says, what does it say? Bowed together, which literally means the idea of your chest or your stomach area touching your upper legs. So it's almost like we would picture the fetal position. So this woman is bowed with an infirmity. That's That's what it pictures. I want you to picture that. How long? 18 years. Where was she, by the way? She was in synagogue. She put some people to shame, wouldn't she? Amen? Amen? I got a sniffle. I can't go to church today. I'm just not feeling well. It's really kind of ugly weather out there. Can't go. She'd have shown up. And by the way, let me say this. If anybody would have reason to doubt whether God loves them or not, somebody who's altogether bowed over might feel that way. Amen? And yet here she is. 18 years, and she's still coming to church. She's still, in, she's still here to hear the word of God because she knows she needs the word of God even though her physical body isn't well. Amen? Bow together. And notice, now here's what I want you to notice. And could in no wise lift herself up. Now I want you to put a box around no wise, and I want you to realize that's the same exact word as translated uttermost. That's the same exact word that's translated uttermost. This is the other uttermost. Isn't that remarkable? This is the other uttermost. She is the other end of that line. Remember, we realized, we learned that telos means the end, right? It literally means the end of the terminal point, the end in succession. We call it the goal because once you reach it, there's no place else to go because I've reached the end. There's just no place else to go. But not only is there this end, there's another end. And Jesus is able to save us to the uttermost. But this woman right now, she's at the other end. She can in no wise straighten herself up. Is this a beautiful picture of salvation? Amen? She is doubled over, unable to help herself, to rescue herself. And Jesus is going to make her whole. Amen? That's a beautiful thing that God is showing us. She could in no wise, let's see, let's see what it says. Well, I tell you what, is this not a wonderful truth concerning what we are like? She could in no wise lift herself up. And literal translation of this would be, she could in no wise straighten up. I I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, my dad liked to use that phrase. Anybody else? dad ever say that? Straighten up. I'd be like, I'm already standing. Amen. That wasn't the straightening he was talking about. It's a term for behave yourself. I don't think it, I don't know that it necessarily came from this passage, but the idea is this: this lady could not straighten up. This is this is a marvelous picture. On the Sabbath day, she couldn't straighten up. Now, let me hear me hear me. There are so many people who will come to church and pretend to straighten up for one day. But see, she couldn't even pretend. She couldn't even play church, if you will. She couldn't do anything about it. When she came in, you saw that she could do nothing about it. I would, God would rather, but I would rather as a pastor, have you come here lost and aware and and, and knowing it than pretending to straighten up for a day. There are people here this morning who will not be saved because you have straightened up for today, but you're not straight. You don't have the straightening up that's necessary. You don't have the Savior making you whole. She's not pretending. Therefore, therefore, because she is in her bent over state, Jesus is going to be able to see her as she is and do something about it. Now, notice what it says. And when Jesus saw her. That's enough. Amen. And when Jesus saw her, if it just said dot, 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 you could begin to imagine, oh, Jesus will do something. Jesus will do something. You know, John made this reference in Sunday school class this morning talking about praying for people who are in sickness. He said, God does not always choose. He said, God does not always choose to make everybody whole. And we, the Apostle Paul, had, we believe it's his eyesight, but he had a thorn in the flesh. He prayed three times that God would remove it. And God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. And he did not remove it. Yet, every person that ever came into the presence of Jesus Christ, who was in any way infirmed, he healed everyone, everyone and by the way, sometimes that went for a long, long time. There are passages there are portions, especially in the book of uh, Mark where it says that he healed them and healed them and healed them and it talks about how, it talks in a couple passages about how it got late, how it got how the day got long and Jesus and, they, and there were more people to come. And you know what Jesus didn't say? He said, I'll tell you what, it's, it's 4.55 at 5 o'clock. We're going to break for the day. And everybody from that point back, you send them home. They can come back tomorrow. Jesus stayed there and healed every one of them. And healed every one of them. And healed everyone. You want to know why? You want to know why it was important that Jesus healed everyone, no matter what it was? Didn't matter whether it was a demon. Didn't matter if it was a sickness. Didn't matter, nothing matter if they were dead. Jesus healed them all. You want to know why? Because he can. Because he can. Because he can. Doesn't have to, but he can. He can. He can. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's no one that Jesus can't save. No one. No one. You say, preacher, you don't know how terrible I have been. I might. I might. You talk to me about it for just a minute. You might not realize how terrible I've been. Jesus can save anybody. Anybody. He's going to save this woman. Watch how hard it is. And when Jesus saw her, he called her unto him. Oh, praise God for that. Lady, come here. And said unto her, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid hands on her. And what? And immediately she was made what? Straighten up. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Amen? Just like that. Just like that. Talking to Jeremy bef- between the, oh, actually, I think well during the handshaking time because I'm just not shaking hands because of the way I don't feel completely well. We're talking about the uh, brig ministry this morning. He said he can just tell that God is dealing with some of these men. He said there's one specifically he can tell that he, he, he's kind of hanging around like he wants to, like he's going to approach sometime here soon to get saved. And, and we were talking about how Jeremy didn't go to him. And say, here, let me show you how to get saved. Let me lead you in the right prayer. Same thing, that the same, my same concern here. I want you to raise your hand when you need to be saved. But I don't want to lead you in salvation. I want you to understand that God needs to save you. Amen? Amen? It's not for me to say, straighten up. I can't make you straight. But you have to cry out and say, I need God to make me straight. And if you will do this, he will do that. The woman, 18 years in in this infirmity, you may have been aware, you may have the same sin sickness, and you may have had it longer than that. But here's what you're going to have to do. Jesus called her to himself. You're going to have to go. Amen? You cannot be saved if you won't go to Jesus. You cannot be saved if you won't go to Jesus. You can't. You can't. You can't turn over a new leaf because you're the same old rotten leaf on the other side. Amen? You cannot say, I heard what the preacher said, and i got to try harder. It won't save you. It won't save you. Cain bought the best that he could. Your righteousness is and always will be filthy rags. You cannot save yourself. Step one, when Jesus says, come here, go see him. Step two, let him say to you, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and notice this, and she glorified God. Amen? Amen? That's wonderful. Is that not wonderful? He is able to save to the uttermost. Yes? Now, I don't know if I would use the phrase from the guttermost to the uttermost, but I will say this, and you will from now on the rest of your life. He is able to save from one uttermost to the other. Amen? No matter how far away from God you are, he is able to save you to the uttermost. No matter how bent over you are, no matter how unstraight you are, Jesus is able to make you straight to the uttermost. That's a remarkable, wonderful truth. I want you to notice how everybody was excited about this. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work, and in them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him. Oh, I praise God that he answered him. And not the little old lady didn't answer him. The Lord answered him. And the Lord answered him and said, thou hypocrite, doth not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ass? his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to water? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Amen. Now notice this. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Amen. Amen. Uh, let me tell you something. When Jesus makes you whole, your extended family, your immediate family, your coworkers, your neighbors, they may all think lowly of you. But Jesus doesn't. But Jesus doesn't. Notice he knew she was the daughter of Abraham. He knew who she was. He not only knew that, he knew how long she'd been bent over like this. He knew. He knew. And he saved her. And he saved her. Now, turn with me just for a moment. Go back to Hebrews chapter 7. Because I want you to read this, and I want you to read it with new eyes. Remember I told you at the beginning that the Bible had pointed out already in the book of Hebrews that he is able to help, and that he is able to sympathize. Did you see him helping this woman? Yes? I mean, honestly, can you? I'm not. Did I? I didn't make that up, right? I didn't force that into the passage. Did you see Jesus help that woman? Did you see Jesus cared about that woman in that passage? Does the passage clearly reveal that not only could He help, but that He cared? Yes. And did you see Jesus save that woman? Amen. That's our Lord Jesus. That's our Lord Jesus. By the way, guess what? I don't believe she ever went like this again. Amen. I don't believe she ever bent over again. I praise God for a real salvation, for one that changes us, that one that begins immediately to conform us to the image of himself, one that immediately gives us a perfect righteousness. As soon as you're saved, you're all saved, completely saved. You die that moment, you go to heaven. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? You live a little bit longer, people start to see the salvation working out in your life. They start to see a change in the way you talk, the way you dress, the way you behave yourself, what you care about. You stop being petty. You stop being selfish. You stop being proud. You stop being arrogant. You stop being all the things that are horrible and wretched and wrong, but not to earn your salvation, but because Jesus has made a change. Amen? Because he has indeed straightened us out. Yes? Amen? That's 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 my testimony. That's why I am not a pastor because for a gold star. I am not a pastor to get close to God. I am a pastor because He called me to be one, but all of my righteousness is in Jesus Christ. Every single bit of it. Everything that you see in me that you think, that's, you're doing a good job, preacher. I'm not doing a good job, but I promise you, Jesus is doing a good job. Every single bit of it. He is that powerful. He is that able. He is able to the uttermost. Each, every, all. Each, every, all. And all the way. That's a wonderful savior. Let's go back and look at it again. But this man, verse 24, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us, who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. This is what we need. This is what we need. We we need a perfect Savior. Can't preach it again. Already did. Amen? He is a perfect Savior. He is a perfect high priest. Amen? And this perfect high priest is able to save you to the uttermost. Why? Why? Because he ever liveth. Amen? There, there's, he never slumbers. He never sleeps. You 2 o'clock in the morning, you don't have to wake God up. Amen? Amen? I've I got to be honest with you. I believe, that the, I believe that the most significant conversations that anybody ever has with God, they have around 2 o'clock in the morning. You want to know why? Because 2 o'clock in the morning is when you finally realize, I'm not, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. 11 o'clock comes, 11.30, 12, 12.30, 1, 1.30. Somewhere around 2, you just finally realize, I can't sleep. God, I can't sleep. And then you, you know what? There's a really good chance you're going to start being honest with God. Now, let me say this, and I've said it many, many times, but this is, this, is what, this is the end of the message. At 2 o'clock in the morning, at 2 o'clock in the morning, my three points in a poem, if I had done that, would have done you no good. But at 2 o'clock in the morning, he is able to save them to the uttermost. That'll do you a great deal of good. Amen? You'll be able to open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 7. And even if you don't remember what verse it was, it wouldn't take you very long because there's only 28 of them. And you'll find that passage, and you'll find this phrase, and you can put your finger down, and you can say, he is able to save them to the uttermost. And the word of God will expound on itself to show you why and how he is able to save you to the uttermost. Amen? And if you write in the margin, Luke, you might be able to go back to that chapter and say, she could not get up. Amen? She was the other end of the uttermost. And he met her there, and he made her whole. Amen? That's the word of God. See, that's the thing. That's what matters. Amen? That you have God's word on it. You have God's word on the fact that he is able to save you to the uttermost.